welcome back to The Drift, the podcast where four academics of color sit around and discuss great books. Each episode features a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to broader conversations about race, culture, and politics. All the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out in coffee shops, tea shops, and each other's homes. And right now, we're at Todd's place. So thank you, Todd, for hosting us. Thank You're you. You're so very welcome. And hey to Lucia and Bash, who are in upstate New York. <laughs> they left me. <laughs> they left. They got in the car and drove away. Um, so I'm Anita, the host for the show. And I teach in the Department of Educational Studies at Carleton College. I'm Adriana Estel. I teach in English and American Studies at Carleton College. And I'm Crystal Moten. I'm a historian who researches and writes about Black women and economic justice. I'm Todd Lawrence. I teach American culture and different English, African American studies. Oh my God! You do know how you teach Todd most of the what, days, right? What do I teach? He teaches folklore, folklore. African American literature, different culture. What so many things. I'm the academic utility oh. knife. Oh. <laughs> University of St. Thomas, just in case y'all missed that. And my family didn't leave me. I mean, they did, but they <laughs> they went for a job. Lucia went for a job, so we live in two different places now. That's she did, we're not divorced or anything. Because <laughs> y'all needed to know all of that. Okay, well, you just said. Uh, all right, in this episode, this episode's starting off really well, I think. <laughs> so this episode, we're discussing Jean Yang's graphic novel, American Born Chinese. Uh, Yang is an Asian American cartoonist who was born and grew up in California. Adriana, Woo-hoo! yeah. His work has earned him many accolades, including a MacArthur Fellowship. American Born Chinese was a finalist for the National Book Award and won the American Library Association Michael Prince Award for Excellence in Adult Literature. So before we get started, just a reminder before we dig in that we, when we discuss our books, we do talk about everything. As you may know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective, so consider this your perpetual, universal, all-encompassing spoiler alert. In other words... We're all about spoilers and not about summaries. No summaries. No, no summaries. summaries. No summaries. So, I'm pretty sure this is the first graphic novel we're talking about as yes. a group. So I was wondering if folks had any thoughts on just reading a graphic novel. Like, how do we read a graphic novel? Why does it matter that it's a graphic novel? I'm just going to start by saying many of my comments about um, this book will just reveal how old I am. Um, <laughs> and maybe, you know, graphic novels and, you know, comic books, you know, books of those genres. I, I just imagine them for a younger audience mm. because the thing that I kept struggling with is like, which way do I read? Do I read across? Do I read down? Yeah. Um, you know, and so that was and that was a little difficult for me. But what I did appreciate about the format is um, having the images yeah. to help um, guide the narrative. Um, and so that was really for me. That was um, I enjoyed that, but I also struggled in terms of how to just literally read it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think um, I'm. I didn't grow up reading comic books necessarily, and um, I wouldn't say that I'm a graphic novels expert or anything like that. I'm not. I haven't read that many, but I've taught some mm. before. And um, like when you teach them to students, that's one thing that you have to talk about is how mm-hmm. do you read them? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you look for? 
what are the important elements on the page? You know, like right. you've got these kind of panels and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of, the, if you, you know, read some of the books about graphic mm-hmm. novels, there's a whole vocabulary about mm-hmm. um, how they're laid out and things like that. Hmm. And so one thing that's important to look for is how are the, how does the, how do the words um, manifest on the page in different ways, right? Are they mm-hmm. in bubbles? Are they in um, rectangles? Are they right. just on mm-hmm. straight on the panel or something like that mm-hmm. that can help you understand how you're supposed to understand the actual images? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot more complicated in yeah. some ways than just reading text on a page. Right. Which, of course, I mean, if you think about reading text on a page, we have to learn about how what, what are the sort of conventions right. of text on a page. If I pick up you know, a book that's in um, Arabic or something like that, yeah. the, the words are going to go the different direction, you know, like, so mm. it's a, it's kind of like learning how to read in a slightly different language almost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm there with both of you in um, kind of being aware of some of the conventions, but still struggling sometimes to figure out um, how I'm reading. Uh, a friend lent me a couple of graphic novels this summer, um, Saga and Monstrous, and they both um, have really good reputations for being more feminist graphic novels. Um, and I, w- what I said to the friend after, and I didn't finish one, but I finished Monstrous. And I was telling him that like, I found the fight scenes the most difficult for me because yeah. the, um, the images got more chaotic, right? right? With this kind of like chaotic story that was being told. And I really missed the certainty of words, right? That kind of relationship that I have with language. Um, and I found the same thing here, right? There are these moments of, of fights, right? When, say, the Monkey King is, um, you know, dishing out justice. And um, the fights themselves, like, it's, you know there's a fight going on. I think kids who grow up with this vocabulary of the mm-hmm. graphic novel understand a little bit better everything that's going on. I basically see fight aftermath. Okay. <laughs> right. So I get the story, but not with a lot of the detail. Right. I mean, I feel like there's something going on because like we were both, I think, looking at page 17. So the like panels are broken up yeah. like differently. So I kind of feel like I have some sense of like something happening differently, but I don't know how to like but this translate is all, this that is awesome to though, right? It is pretty awesome. It's awesome. Like he's he's totally whooping ass in these, these pictures. <laughs> and the monkey king. The yeah. monkey king is, yeah, and like he's using like his different um skills, right? Like his yeah. what are the uh, fist of a treacherous foot, thunderous foot, fist like lightning, and all that, right? Heavenly senses. Yeah, so he's using all of his um, all of his uh, four disciplines, and I love how it's just utter chaos. And it like you know the smack and the crash in the background. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think these panels, um, these images are really playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and they can be funny in a lot of yeah. ways too. You know, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, and and I think the oh, images ahead, too kind of thinking, Adriana, about your point about kind of the certainty of text. Mm. Sometimes when, you know, you're reading a story and you want to kind of slow down the pace of the action, Mm -hmm. you can read slower, you can put it down, come back to it. But with the graphic novel, if you flip the page and you see the image, you can't slow, I mean, you can't unsee what you saw. Mm. Um, And so in terms of the pace of the story, um, the images are more, they, they have you in their grasp, I would say, um, in a different way than the text does. In terms of your being able to control how fast you want to 
kind of get through the narrative. Mm-hmm. Music, you see the you see the image first before you read the text. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. But and then there's also like the opposite thing of which I I see happen a lot with students is that mm-hmm. they race through the text but don't really stop to look at the mm. images closely, right? So they get this really quick um, impression of the image, race through the text, go to the next panel, race through the text, and then they're not going back. So you can spend a lot of time just like forcing yeah. them to look at an image. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it's like, you, yeah, well, although I feel like in this, it's hard to like skip over the image, right? And I was thinking that kind of building on Crystal's thing, that actually the story couldn't have been told in the same impactful way if it wasn't for images. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking especially of the story of Chinky and Danny, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. like it's such an offensive. Mm-hmm like imagery but that's like the point right so i'm like looking at page 43 and it's like it's hard to miss the image there right and i feel like even so i don't know like i'd be curious to see like with you know if you're like reading this with students whether they could do the same thing because of like how the images are laid out Mm -hmm. but i also feel like this i'm trying to like imagine this section just in like a narrative thing right and it wouldn't even work as a narrative because it's like part of it is like you need to see like what chinky looks like right and Mm -hmm. sort of like Mm -hmm. what that whole like what he's drawing on in terms of like the stereotypical images of Chinese and Chinese Americans in the U.S. and like or like at page forty-eight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the fact that like the luggage looks like Chinese takeout boxes. Mm-hmm. Like it's just right. like an amazing, like coming together of these images that like and maybe I don't know. Like I don't know if everybody sees that right because like you also need to know some of like the history and some of like what's happening there to be able to read these images, which is true for text as well, right? Like we right. need to be able to like understand things. Well, I mean, it, it struck me when you when you said that you know like some of the, like <clears throat> the some of the most offensive sort of racist images you know minstrelsy images were yeah they're illustrations because you can't like a human face can't actually look like what right. they actually what they look like right, right. so it's like a representation of an idea of a distortion of a human yeah. face right mm-hmm. so in this case like no one can actually look like right. what um chinky looks like right um and so you can only do it in, with with the with these illustrations, right? So, yeah. um, and you know, like I think about him, and then I think about the Monkey King too, like the Monkey King being able to get really big, and then right. like yeah, so it's all this sort of like yeah, uh, almost fantastical things that you can do with the illustrations that you can't, you right. wouldn't be able to do, you know, just sort of representationally, yeah. and would mm-hmm. not come across as explicitly in just with just words right. on the page, right. right? Yeah. I mean, I do think like uh, this is the perfect medium for the kind of story that Yang wants to tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's three prongs to the story and the Chinky story is the like it's fascinatingly uh, like sitcom genre part. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's supposed to be a sitcom, um, right? Exactly. The whole everybody right. rubs chinky, mm-hmm. like harkens back to everyone loves Rain- Raymond, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also reminds me a lot of Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you grew mm-hmm. up with that um, yeah. sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there, there are these um, uh, or models of the kind of sitcom that this is referring to yeah. with um, everyone else, you know, kind of drawn in a naturalistic mode, except for Chinky. So I actually think that it would be really hard for someone even not having seen this particular trope, um, which, you know, is, I mean, this is a really recognizable um, racist stereotype of Chinese mm-hmm, people in the U.S., mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
so even but even with, if you were somehow you were born yesterday, right? You came to this. I think the way that it's imaged on the the page in the middle of this other kind of more natural sort of drawing um, signals to the reader of this novel that they have to see it as a skewed representation right. and right. as particular kind of parodic. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And that's compared to like this other kind of. I'm using the term straighter, but what I mean is like we have the the autobiographical story, mm -hmm. right, with um, the young boy who is, you know, moved to a new place and trying to figure out how to be one of the few Asian Americans in the school. Um, and then you have the Monkey King mythological tale, which, you know, like because it's mythological, like it's wonderful that it's in a graphic novel format. So you get like this possibility of the magic, right, mm -hmm. and the, the power. Um, but it also like gives I, I don't know like Yang really takes the opportunity to have this kind of like bizarre motley mix of mm -hmm. like mythologies like there's mm -hmm. no pretense at kind of purity right. of either myth or of um, origin story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think <clears throat> so. This is always interesting interesting to me because as a folklorist, you know, like mm. so people tend to think of. Um, mythology, folk tales, all, other kinds of folklore as being like uh, separate from their sort of real lives. Mm -hmm. But um, this, I think this book sort of shows us or demonstrates the ways in which those stories from our childhood and stories in the histories our, of our families, you know, coming from our um, ethnic and national backgrounds, whatever, what have you, that they're actually like present in our everyday lives and they affect who we are and how we think and how we respond to things, you know? So um, this, I, I, I like the collision mm -hmm. that the book mm -hmm. seems to show mm -hmm. of the of this, you know, ancient mythological tale, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, if we see the uh, dedications at the beginning of the book, I mean, he says, right. uh, he dedicates it to his mother and says, thank you for telling me these stories, right? Uh, to Ma yeah. and to Ma, yeah. yeah, to Ma for the stories of the Monkey King and Ba for his stories about Tong, the Taiwanese village boy. Yeah. So this is, you know, uh -huh. uh, t telling us about how these stories affected or helped to um, sort of develop who he is as a person, right? And um, and it comes out in this book, right? So it doesn't mm -hmm. allow them to sort of be separate. They right. sort of come together. Right. Well, um, but I just want to quickly pick up on like your thing about like Chinky and like that part of it. Like that also is in this interesting way autobiographical, right? Because we find oh, out that oh, like yeah. Danny is like Jin, Jin Wang. And mm -hmm. I, if, yeah. if I actually found that, I mean, initially when I first read a book, I found like the Chinky thing like the most uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. But then when I thought about it, I actually find Danny like right. the most uncomfortable right. character, right? Because right? yes. it's right. like devastating thing about wanting to be white that you're like see yourself as white and these parts right. of you that are like Asian mm -hmm. or become this like stereotype. This monstrous this stereotype. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to like, I think I just found that kind of really interesting. But yeah, no, yeah. And I totally agree with you. I was just going to point really quickly because you're we're talking about the way in which mythology is woven in, right? Like it's proven to, not proven, but it's shown to not be separate, separate. from imaginings of like real life, right? I'm putting real in scare quotes for those people who are only <laughs> listening. Um, on page 23, when we move into the yeah. first time that, like, you know, we get um, what seems like the most autobiographical story at the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, he starts out saying, my mother once told me an old Chinese parable, right? Mm -hmm. And he tells this story about, like, this family who basically moved their son three times because every time they moved, like, the son kind of mimicked and kind of took on the attributes of the place near them until finally they moved near a university mm -hmm. so their son became a scholar mm -hmm. um, okay. and then as he as they finished that story the mom finishes telling it and they pulled up to the new house right. 
Um, and there's such a kind of like beautiful homage to the parents there about mm-hmm. like the thoughtfulness of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. they're trying to give him opportunity, whatever that exactly means. Um, even as it becomes this really painful story for him of trying to figure out how to belong. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have two things I want to say. Um, the first is sort of piggybacking on what you were saying about the, the basically the power of storytelling as an element of what you were talking about, right? So, I mean, I think it's important to really think of this whole novel as a story that's being told, right? Because mm-hmm. like if, we, if you look at the beginning, um, you've got all these... So you've got the first story about the Monkey King, and then right. when you first get into um, Jin's story... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, rectangular white boxes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's him telling this whole story yeah. to Wei Chen at the end, right? Because what? Oh, so that's this this whole thing is oh, framed. I, like, I, did. Okay. I think that's how we're supposed to understand that, right? So uh, say that again. Wait a minute. So I think <laughs> I think the whole story of Jin. Okay. Is Jin is telling that story like to Wei Chen at the very end at the boba oh. store. In order to convince Wei Chen that human beings, like basically that human beings aren't trash, I guess, oh. because that's what he's sort of come, because he's the Monkey King's son, son yeah. in disguise. Right. Yeah, in disguise, yeah. And he's decided that humans are trash and I'm not going to help them. Oh, I like that. So he tells I, them I this whole story. Yeah. I think that's so, because you, that's the only thing I can make of that, that box. Mm. I think that's him telling stories. So we have a narrator yeah. telling us a story that begins in the past and comes to the present moment. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So this whole thing is storytelling. Hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to say was just like how much I just um, resonated for me as a reader, the power of whiteness, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both in in the its power to become something that you desire when you don't have it because that you see that the world um, prefers it. And you, mm-hmm. and also because of the ways that you get treated when you're not white, especially when you are one of the only ones, right? right. So these scenes yeah. where yeah. there are a couple of scenes where you know Jin, um, or I think even there's one with uh, with uh, Danny or something, but 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 where people say racist things, and in mm-hmm. the one with uh, Wei Chin's girlfriend, mm-hmm. where she's yeah. telling him telling um, mm-hmm. Jin about it, and they have this moment, it's like this really weird, awkward yeah. moment where he kisses where he, her. Like, kisses her, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think right. like he feels close to her because they're, they feel mm-hmm. close because they both experienced and they're sharing. But interestingly, this, like remember when they yeah. first start out, like they avoided each other right. because they were the only two right. Asian right. kids, right. right? And I thought that's so like this was on 31, and it Thank says, um, the only other Asian in my class was Suzy Nakamura, when the class finally figured out that we weren't related, rumors began to circulate that Susie and I were arranged to be married on her 13th birthday. We avoided each other as much as possible. Uh, and we can definitely post this, but Jin Yang has this really great, um, like, he had, like, a cartoon strip in the New York Times where he talks about, and I assume that this is, like, more autobiographical, but that there was, like, an uh, Indian-American kid in his class, and they also, like, avoided each other. But then he talked about how it would have been really lovely, like, if they if the school had, like, had literature and had lessons about like each other's culture so mm-hmm. they could actually like mm-hmm. learn about each other learn. rather than kind of like avoid each other and rather than kind of give into not give into but respond to kind of the white racism by basically saying oh i don't want to be mm-hmm. associated with you because then we're going to be both maybe mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you yep. know subject to the racist um comments and behavior yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I just think it really 
it represents both the profound alienation you can feel yeah. and also the understanding between, you know, people who have all, who have experienced that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but I also thought it was interesting that, like, which I didn't notice until you read this, Adriana, um, on 23 when he's saying the story that there's, like, that little... Uh, thing that says translated from Mandarin Chinese. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, then we get to where, um, uh, oh my gosh, oh, Wei Chen, Wei Chen comes to school and clearly the, initially he talks to him in Chinese exactly. and then he says, this is on 31, you're in America, speak English. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you know, he switches to English. And so. Yeah, so actually throughout the whole graphic novel, we get these moments which it's indicated to us by brackets yeah. that the, the right. conversation is not happening in, in right. English. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, too, because there are moments when there are characters. I don't read Chinese, so I don't know what's being said, but especially in the Monkey King story. Mm-hmm. Right, we right. get that. I did look up some of them. Because you can use your Google Translate thing with the camera feature. What? To figure out Chinese characters. Oh, with the camera feature. And look at you. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I mean, it didn't always quite work, but like on 30, oh, sorry, on 18, the characters are for electricity and uh, fire. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm very impressed. I feel like and I were talking about this when we were talking about the book, just about kind of thinking about, right, who is this accessible to and, like, the deliberate choices that the author makes mm-hmm. to, like, make it accessible mm-hmm. to different people. Mm-hmm. But it's also thinking about, this is, like, a student that Audrey and I had, and he was, like, talking, he's um, black, and he was talking about how, like, white students don't have an excuse to be as culturally incompetent because we have Google these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. I thought was, like, a really good point, right? That actually, you know, fewer things maybe are inaccessible because, like, we can use Google Translate, we can use Urban Dictionary, we can, like, go find things if you want to, right? Yeah. I mean, and if I think to, yeah. this reads totally fine even if you don't understand. Um, the but it reads way better but... if you do. Exactly. Yeah, you know, like... right. yeah. You'd be able to get more of the nuanced insights. Yeah. Because yeah. I think... Yeah. When I was first starting to read it, I was actually having a very hard time kind of immersing myself within the story because I just felt I just felt like I just didn't have the cultural vocabulary to understand, especially with the um, the beginning Monkey King story. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, am I supposed to be is there supposed to be something deeper that I'm getting here you know mm-hmm. well, I, I knew I was missing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the full meaning of the story and I was frustrated because I didn't actually know how to get more out of it and it mm-hmm. didn't dawn on me to oh let me go to google mm-hmm. translate or let me research you know uh the monkey king like I, it just didn't dawn on me to do that so I just pushed through with mm-hmm. reading a graphic novel and tried to make as much of it that I could, but I, I, I continued to feel that, oh, I didn't, I didn't fully grasp all I was supposed to grasp mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Was uh, there a moment when that changed for you where you're like, oh, wait, now, now this is all coming together for me? I would say toward the, um, toward the end part, uh, let's see, when, uh, let's see, Basically, back when I'm trying to see what page it starts on, is it? Yeah, it's yeah, but it's 133 mm-hmm. is when um, more of the more of the story is picked up, and then I begin to understand. Oh, okay, now I can kind of see what's going on. Um, 
Yeah, from 133 to about 160 when we actually get the rest of the Monkey King story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still couldn't really figure out how I was supposed to be connecting the Monkey King un- to the other yeah, right. two narratives until the very end, you know. Yeah. Although um, I have to say that even though he connects it at the end, like I felt like it was like a little bit of an awkward like really? time mm-hmm. to get, you didn't think so? Okay, like no. tell me what, what you... Well, you tell like, me why first. Why you... I just felt like, you know, it's like the Monkey King and the sun and they just show up and like, I don't know, right. like I just felt like why this kid, like why... Because yeah. it's, the, it's the connecting themes of all the stories, right? It's, it's yeah. all about that transformation, like be like the whole transformer and wanting to be something that you're not, right? Nah. Like that's the Monkey King's yeah. thing is that he he wants to be something that he's not. His, all his trouble sure. begins right. when they when won't let him. He doesn't want to be a monkey. He yeah. doesn't yeah, want to yeah, be a monkey. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, wants yeah. to wear shoes yeah. Yeah. and he wants yeah. to be yeah. big and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. And so uh, the you know um, the both the monk and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say the uh, is that. Zayo Zun, um, you know, who apparently, who's like the, the, the big god, big god yeah. um, mm-hmm. is basically saying like, you have to be, I created you as you are, right, right, and you should right. be what you are. Yeah. And of course, Jin also doesn't want to be what he is. He is right. You know, yeah. so he wants to be like, so when he's in the, the office with the herbalist wife yeah. and mm-hmm. he says, oh, it's a transformer. Right, and she right, says, right, right. And he says he wants to grow up to be a transformer. And yes. she says, well, you can be whatever you want to be as long as you're willing to sell your soul. Right. right. And that's, that's what, what the, the Monkey, Monkey King, King has does. done, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess I got that. I just felt like, why the sun, like, coming up? And I don't know. It was just like, I mean, I sort of got the broader yeah. point of, like, we need to accept ourselves as is, right? And we don't, you know, if you're a monkey, you're a monkey. If you're Chinese-American, you're Chinese-American and not white. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess it was like a little bit of like quick coming together of the stories that I was kind of like, uh, yeah. okay. Uh. The deus ex machina. Kind <laughs> yeah, of like. yeah, yeah. Which is fine. But, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I kind of felt like, ah, I think this is kind of brilliant. Like, you know, the way that yeah. this all comes together. I mean, there was there were definitely moments it, when I'm reading this where I'm like, what the, what is this? I don't understand right. how this fits together. Yeah. So it was, it was, so I've, you know, I have this conversation with Lucia all the time when we would go to a movie and see, like, she likes this movie uh, called The Village. Have you guys seen this movie? Is the it Village? M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. She loves that movie. <laughs> and I hate that movie. It's, it's not scary. It's, it's not that scary. Okay. Okay. But I hate Sorry. that movie Sorry. because <laughs> I think it has, it, it's got a twist at the end, but it's got a twist that's unfair. Yes, yeah. totally and unfair. It's an unfair twist, and I don't think it's fair when you when yeah. you do something like that to your viewer or your reader. <laughs> and this and, was not unfair. Well, it, in a way, it like flirts with being unfair, yeah. but but it also in that you don't see it coming. Like there are not really that many clues to let you know, like right. oh, this could be coming. Right. But right. I think because it all just sort of like um, just sort of like fits into place once the twist does happen for me mm. that I, I feel like it's so fair then can I pose a different way to think about yes, this you, at the please, end though please do right I, I mean so I think that when we consider the medium we have to think about like how the base the walls of the graphic novel kind of collapse at the end yes. hmm. there are three different stories they've been contained in their very different boxes right. mm-hmm. and it's right at the end like you know if we start with like page 210 when we have Danny and um, chinky um, fighting, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's this moment when you know Danny like manages to like pop off his head, and it goes rolling off, and then we get the Monkey King popping up, mm-hmm. and it's like so, like the the mm-hmm. walls between these different stories have completely 
broken apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, that was a really useful way to think about, I mean, we can do it psychologically and think about compartmentalization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And think about this, you know, narrator and the story he's telling and kind of like how he had to kind of like, tr- in, in order to like value whiteness and like try to figure out how to inhabit whiteness, he had yeah. to do all this work. And at the end, like, it just all has to come in and be a part of him. Mm. He can't, you know, if if he doesn't put it all together, then he's not honoring that kind of general precept. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I I think so. And then the fact that the story, Jin is telling the story to to Wei Chen as a way to, which is an echo of what happened with his father, Right. And the monk, right. you know, and the monk doesn't tell a story, but the monk basically models um, humility and wisdom mm-hmm. and um, submission, right? Can we talk more about this monk, though? Yeah, and let's please, talk please. about Let's talk about the mixing of these um, oh, yes, yes, yes. religious traditions okay, yes. mm-hmm. um, on page 215, especially. All righty. Yeah, um, because there there is a, a wonderful image um you know, after this monk, um, who what's the monk's name? I've totally wow. lost it. Uh, his name is Wang Lai Zhao. Oh, right. yes. Wang Lai Zhao. Wang Lai Zhao, I think. He manages to kind of help the monkey king out of his stubbornness, mm-hmm. and he breaks free of the stone. And on page 160, we get the narration, the monkey king accompanied Wang Lai Zhao on his journey to the west, west. and served yeah. him faithfully until the very mm-hmm. end. And mm-hmm. we get this very bright star at the top. Right. And we get them leaving their shoes behind and walking, you know, on bare yeah. feet. And there's so much there that's like, it reminds me of that ridiculous, sorry, I mean, that very <laughs> inspiring prayer of like, you know, footprints in the sand. Man. And there's only one pair of footprints, God. And that's, that's when Jesus I was carrying you. <laughs> Yeah. So, and then you come to do. You guys are really gonna offend our. Uh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm pe- sorry. Our religious <laughs> cra- per, uh, audience. Audience is the word I was looking for. See, God has stilled my tongue because we're making fun. <laughs> Blasphemer. <laughs> Moving on before we offend even more people. Oh God. So, so then we get to two fifteen. Yes, two fifteen. <laughs> and I don't. I don't have to like. Um, you know, like talk about this whole image, but it's like this fascinating kind of redoing mm-hmm. of what the wise. You know, who the wise men are, mm-hmm. and what it means for them to arrive here to the baby Jesus. Joseph and Mary, I think, are super recognizable. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus looks like a little cartoon baby from anything. <laughs> but with the like, little curl on With the curl on <laughs> Oh, that is very cute. Who are the, who is, like, the blue person? Those that, are... I don't know. Wait, aren't know. those the uh, the about. emissaries of of yeah. uh, of Z- 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 Zone? Really? I thought it was just all of them are. They keep showing up, like. Oh. Yeah, they okay. keep showing up, and then. Oh. Someone's knocking yeah, at the door. Knocking I'm, the door. Not, I'm not going to answer it. Okay. <laughs> Recording in process. <laughs> oh, so they're all from him, not just the Monkey King. I think so. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think so. And, and they're all praying in the panel right above. Uh, you know, right. They all have their hands together. Yeah. Which, you know, is a pretty actually universal symbol. Like, that's I, don't, true. I don't think that's uh, just uh, Christianity. Yeah. But I, it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I was saying that apparently, like, this book was, like, seen as controversial by some because he was trying to blend both Christian and Eastern, like, Eastern religious themes in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't find it. I mean, I, well, also I mean, maybe I didn't pick up on a lot of. I don't. Things, yeah, I mean, this so. is one of the things that we don't know because we're no. not 
that we're not familiar or we are not experts on it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like the whole, you know, like I made you, uh, you're special. That's true. And you should be, that. that's very, that reminds me of all the things that I heard yeah. when I was in church when okay. I was a kid, okay. right? Like okay. I knew okay. you, uh, you know, in the Bible, like I called you your name and all this kind of stuff, right? Okay. So right. so it is very reminiscent of, uh, of Christian um, theology. I think there are, if I remember going, did someone knock again? No. Okay. <laughs> This, is this Halloween? Is that what's happening? Because this very same thing happened to me in this room on Halloween a couple of days ago. And, you and I turned off all the lights and ran downstairs. No, you didn't have any candy, Tom. I didn't have any candy. I was like, maybe if you guys want loose tea, I could give that to you. But I think I, get, I don't know whether it has caffeine or not. Yeah, my house would have gotten anyway. egg later. Um, but I think, um, you know, that there, if I remember uh, my uh, uh, religions class when I was in college, you know, and um, Houston Smith's book, right, World Religions or something oh, like that. Yeah. And, you know, there was always this sort of emphasis, like, there are all these very similar themes in um, in World Religions, sure. and you see them sort of echoed. So, I mean, I can see maybe it's just, like, because the religion has this kind of theme in it, and it mm-hmm. just sort of happens to echo other ones. But this picture of Jesus, like, that, there's no escaping. The 215. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no escaping that. And I don't really know what to think about that. I mean, I wrote, you know, like, is that Jesus? <laughs> Right, which is interesting because you're right. Because I think like Mary and Joseph are much more realistic, not realistically, but just more like stereotypically, like what we see in right depictions. Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. I mean, what? so were the people, the Christians who were criti- who were criticizing this, were they upset that he just used the imagery of Jesus, or were they mad at the wise men? I mean, what, I think so. I mean, I, th- so I think it was uh, Yang himself who were is um, Christian, so I think that's like you know. So he wanted to bring some of that, I think, oh. into the text. Um, okay. So like, I think it was more the you know kind of like the impurity perhaps of how okay. things were p- uh, portrayed um okay. kind of the yeah well can i say something that's highly speculative and you should probably not listen to but um, <laughs> <laughs> but i you know i w- went and looked up the monkey king and um mm. and so the monkey king comes from a chinese um uh, myth and and actually one of the first novels actually it's called journey to the west huh. And okay. so, oh. it, and it mixes some religious traditions, like okay. there's Buddhism and there's different um, religious traditions in that novel. And um, so, and, and this is really interesting, it's one of the four classic Chinese novels, which are from the 16th century, which okay. I, I knew nothing about. So thanks, Western education. Um, well, I feel yeah. like both... Todd and Anita have really rocked the let's Google something <laughs> part yeah, of this. This is great. Isn't this is what we tell our students to yeah, do. I gotta do. Yeah, I got to practice what I preach. I'd say at least 14 times a semester I yell at my students telling them, you have look it up. Yeah, you've got a library in your pocket. Yeah. That's a voice of a professor that I had who used to just say go to the library all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I read it a couple of times. I think the first time I read it, and this was like before we had chosen this, I feel like Kind of like Crystal is kind of like, I don't really get it. I don't even know how to read this. What are all these images? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think the second time I read it. This newfangled I know. What stuff. is this graphic novel Pictures? thing? Pictures? Young people these I days. Um, but I think the second time I read it, and especially like, I don't know, maybe like thinking about, um, right, kind of thinking about Asian Americans and the particular ways in which, right, that there's sort of all these like insidious racist stereotypes and insidious racism that 
is like sometimes a lot more internalized. And of course, all the controversy going on about, you know, the Harvard um, affirmative mm. action case mm-hmm. and right, like what yeah. are the like stereotypes that come up? Because I feel like, yeah, like there's, you know, it's like there's that scenes where like Chinky's in the classroom, you know, like and he's answering all the questions, right? Like that's also like the stereotype of like overachieving Asian American students mm-hmm. who know all the answers and like all these things. So I thought it was, um, so I think reading it, particularly with all of that going on, I think gave me a little bit more um, of an in, even though mm-hmm. like, and maybe just reading it a second time helped me like figure out some of the images and help me figure out um, some of the like format and structure of it. Right. Do you think like I, this is going back to when you said, you know, that the, the chin key sections are the, the most difficult and uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of why they're so effective is because they push you, they push you to the edge of, you have to acknowledge your own sort of have your own buy into some of these stereotypes Mm -hmm. that, you know, at some point or or another in your life, you know, like, I mean, when he, when he does the, the peeing in the Coke thing, I thought I was like (laughs) a little bit, you know, because I was like, Oh, we used to say that all the time. Like Hmm. when I was a kid and we, yeah. What was the? I'm not gonna say it. It's oh, a wow. it's a rhyme. Oh, it's a racist. About Asian yeah, it's a oh, racist really? rhyme. He uh-huh. said, he actually says it in in, oh. in the book basically. Wow. Okay. Um, pages. It's right here on page 118. What he says in the uh, where he's whispering. Oh. That's you. You. Would, I didn't know that that was. That like was like a ch- yeah. Okay. That was like a kids a kids sort of rhyme that people oh. would say. Oh wow. Okay. And um, so it was. I guess what I'm saying is like. I can be like, oh, what a terrible, you know, depiction of a stereotype. And then something will pop up in here that yeah. I yeah. participated in, that mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, was, that implicates me mm-hmm. in right. the furtherance of this, of this stereotype mm-hmm. um, and makes me have to sort of confront my mm-hmm. own racism. Right. And I think that that's really effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that this thing, this this particular section and this character does really effectively, right? Yeah. I, I think it's also really effective to have. I mean, we eventually find out Danny is Jin, mm-hmm. but until we do, like to have, um, you know, this really interesting uh, sitcom premise where mm-hmm. this white boy um, mm-hmm. has a Chinese relative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually also like uh, approaches the general audience and says, you know, think about like. You know, like the extension of family, right? Like in the kinship, um, and and makes it super uncomfortable because he doesn't get to say goodbye, mm-hmm. right? And I think like that. Um, yeah, it's um, it it interpolates, you know, you know, the way I talk about it with my students, um, the reader in a particular way into that story. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas yeah. I think if, uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say if, if it were Jin, right, going through this, like there's a way in which you can say, oh, well, you know, poor Jin, like yeah. he has to deal with that. Yeah. For that, again, for that like imagined mainstream audience, it it does something very particular that um, that the other parts might allow them to kind of absent themselves from some of the issues that Jin faces. Um I didn't know that that was an actual thing that people said because actually yeah, what, I, what it made me think of was like that scene in The Help where she like puts like <laughs> oh yes I, that was I blocked out the help yeah. like oh well, it's also in the amazing out. book <laughs> 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 so I was like that's what I was thinking about but okay, um, it was the that chocolate that was, like, pie if that helps yeah. you yeah oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's, that, I don't know why that was kind of what I thought about oh, so okay. cool um, 
Can I? Uh, so <laughs> this is probably nothing, but um, how come there's no black kids at any of these schools? It's Seattle, isn't it? Suburban. Suburban. So, so, that's your no, answer? Seriously. That's your answer? It's Seattle? I mean, I, yeah. like Portland, it would be the same and be okay. like, yeah, okay. well. Um, okay. But I'm actually, just... I think that that is one of the things that Asian Americans, right? Like, I mean, there's like interesting data that around like where Asian Americans like settle and where they try to live, yeah. right? And it's about like resources and it's about, right? And the resources are with like white schools. And so it's actually not an unusual scenario. Okay. Um, I just feel like you have to throw in one. Yeah. One or two, like a oh, Latinx kid in here. Black, <laughs> there's think, no black kids on a ba- basketball team? I'm like. sad, talked about school segregation <laughs> and how really utterly segregated our schools are, right? And like mm-hmm. white kids actually are the most segregated group in yeah. the U.S. in terms of like where they go to school. So yeah. sadly, this is probably Look not at that unusual. theater. There's not one black person in that theater. That? <laughs> I know. Not a lot of people in that theater yeah. in general. Yeah, right. Seems like a pretty terrible movie. But, so. uh, Wait, but Air Shore, Seattle. I, I oh, thought it was specific it Northwest. That, I don't There's remember. There's page 20. But it's, I don't know. Because on 25, who's this narrating? It says they, or oh, maybe that was the parents who moved into an apartment. Yeah, so that San was Francisco. before. And so they moved from San Francisco, Francisco. to wherever this was. Because he was in San Francisco where he had a lot more Asian yeah. American friends, okay. right? So like, okay. 20, was, like 26, 27. No black was, people in San yeah. Francisco. Uh, maybe wow. they don't ever That's say, and I just one invented exactly. the Seattle thing. I invented a white, the whitest place I could think of. Um, which is Seattle? Which was Seattle suburbs. <laughs> Seattle suburbs. <laughs> also, it's called Mayflower Elementary School. Yeah. The oh school that he God. goes to. Yeah. So this is on page 30, so, right? So maybe this is by design. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, right, and he's, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing because the teacher's like, he and his family recently moved to a neighborhood all the way from China. San Francisco. San Francisco! <laughs> <laughs> and then it happens to um, uh, Wei Chen, yep. too, well, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah. then he's at Taiwan. <laughs> oh, right. From China! All right, that's true. On 36. He and his family recently moved to a neighborhood all the way from China. Taiwan. Taiwan! <laughs> <laughs> Which is like white racism at its kind of like most right. like liberal perfect racism. Like white liberal racism. Yeah. This is so exciting. Someone from China. <laughs> yeah, actually. Actually. I mean, there are like these funny moments that I also did appreciate. <laughs> well, I like, yeah, I mean, I guess that was another thing I was thinking is that, you know, um, racism is super painful and awful and traumatic. And then sometimes it's also funny. Because it's know? stupid. Yeah, because yeah. it's, yeah. so, it's so perfect. It's like, oh, so predictable. And it so right. repeats itself perfectly. Yep. Yeah. 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 Any other last last thoughts? I, I just want to point out that, like, it, you know, especially towards the end as it slows down. I think it slows down a little bit at the end now when, when we have all the denouements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because Jin's figuring stuff out. And I just love the art in these, mm-hmm. like, last few pages. Yeah. You know, he's found this place to wait for um, for Jin. Uh, no, excuse me, for, for, um, for Wei for Chen. Um, and, you know, we get this kind of, like slow but sure kind of reintroduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Wei Chen with the glasses and the <laughs> cigarette and the earrings. You know, he's like, humanity is hopeless. <laughs> exactly. We get the two glasses of bubble tea with all the, you know, like uh, tapioca pearls in them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because like Wei Chen's like, this boba reminds me of rabbit crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, he's speaking to him in Chinese right. and probably in Mandarin. 
And, you know, he's replying in English, but they're talking to each other. So there's also this moment where if you're picking up on all those cues, like they've figured out how to, you know, across this boundary, Mm -hmm. like commune. Yeah. Um, And I also just noticed on 229, which is like this perfect depiction of not just adolescence, but maybe especially adolescence, right? So like Jin's looking in. And he says, I met your father, Wei Chen. I just want to talk. Yes. So there's like mm-hmm. the scared little monkey. And then like they show the next panel, where, which is like his outer yeah. right, yeah. Like shell. Yeah. Yeah. But like inside, he's like this kid. So it's like yeah, a... It's just a kid. Yeah, yeah, it's like armor or something, right? Yeah. Like, right. yeah. And I thought that was like a really lovely depiction of like Well, and it's like a totally different graphic style too, right? Yeah. It's yeah. um Instead yeah, of the whole true. inked and colored, I, yeah. I'm i not sure what you would call this, but it's in gray, scales of gray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think just, you know, generally speaking that this, the art here is, I love, I love the art. In yeah. This yeah. I think it's I really, really great. I mean, the Monkey King to me, I want a big picture of the Monkey King on my wall. <laughs> or like a big Monkey King mural. When he is big? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. No, actually, when he it's just small. like this regular monkey king, because I don't want him wearing shoes or anything like that. I want oh, him to be right, who okay. he is. You should do the the panel that we oh, like on page. What was the fight scene? Oh yeah, where he's whooping everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that would look great actually on the, on a wall. <laughs> yeah, I think I like when he's also when he's on a cloud when he's flying somewhere. That's oh, always yeah. cool. When oh he's yes, doing the cloud flying. That's really cool. Like, die. Yeah. Die. <laughs> or or this one after he's beaten them all on page nineteen and he's like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah, that is it. There's just a pile of bodies behind him. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but it's, I totally agree. The art is amazing. Like, yeah. for the for the sitcom ones, like, they always start out with the suburban house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, page 44 is typical. And it's, like, it's the exact way that sitcoms, it's, it reminds me yeah. of Full House yep. or, yeah. you know, any. I can hear the music. I mean, I can hear the music in my head when right, I was reading right. it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and it's so sweet too so this is like 105 and 106 right like where he finally asks uh the girl out whose name i cannot remember at the moment and amelia she says, i think amelia and she says yes and then the next page is just him in bed <laughs> and yep. me with yes the all the night. way down and actually that panel looks a lot like um good night moon um, oh, yeah. so i think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it's evoking it with the moon in the window yeah the way it is yeah well th- and this book does sort of get at the awkwardness and the sort of, of like of adolescence yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean it would be interesting to get this uh, a story like this from um from a, a, a teenage girl's yes. point of view I was just yes. thinking you know, from like Susie's like, perspective yeah, right. yeah 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 and, and i don't really see why there's any reason why there couldn't have been more of that here yeah I mean, it, yeah it is a very masculine story in many ways yeah, right? yeah with yeah. some like so. uncomfortable like male yeah. desire moments yeah. honestly yeah, yeah. With yeah. the yeah. drooling and mm-hmm. the, yeah 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 <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> like when she takes her, you know, sweater off or something, and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I was that's like, that's Danny, a little right? lechy. Yeah. Uh, that's the well, it's both of them, right? Both of them. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's a little lechy. Yeah. Uh, or if that's a word, I just made I that. I, I agree with that um, innovation. <laughs> <laughs> well, or like you know when he's like imagining the whole like the future. That's <laughs> like, yes. just oh, went yes. out with you on a date, buddy. Yeah, heteronormativity, marriage. Yeah. 177. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm so happy. <laughs> also sitcom-y, I suppose. And so, yeah. Well, what also, okay, what I know we're running out of time, but like one last thing, like, um, 
<laughs> being chastised. Um, it, wh- what did you think about uh, his desire for this this white woman? Is that? I mean, I feel like that's part and parcel of like white racism and like right okay. the ways in which like desire is constructed okay. as whiteness, right? Okay. Both for himself. Mm-hmm. Right and like who he finds attractive, right? Okay. Like it's like which also that was like really clever that like Wei Chen actually goes out with Susie, right? Like there's mm-hmm. kind of like an I think it was like an interesting moment there where like the author is like trying to get at something there, which I thought was like interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But but I think it's really complicated too, yeah. right? In the sense that Susie does come from a, a different background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just because she's Asian American, American yeah. doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that they're gonna get along. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great story that I uh, teach students who, and of course I'm going to forget really like the title and the author right now, <laughs> but I'm, you know, we will put it in the notes on the page, um, but basically it is about this young Chinese American girl and, you know, this Japanese um, exchange student comes into town and like everyone in the school is like, you guys should be together, you guys should right. be together. And um, of course, it, it's not really a right. fit, mm-hmm. but they kind of work. They try to make it work. Yeah. Um, and the story does a really good job at kind of pointing out these large historical forces that actually mean that Chinese heritage and Japanese heritage, there's some right. like political mm-hmm. differences. Of yeah. Colonization, yeah. histories. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, but I, yes, but I think the whiteness thing was like interesting to me. So I, mm-hmm. I thought that like partly that was just like a, com- like a commentary on mm-hmm. like Jin's, right? Like desire for yeah. whiteness. Uh, speaking of things that we have read in our reading, why don't we transition? Show's over. <laughs> to, um, I guess, I think we all have a book that we're reading or want to read. So anybody want to start us off? I could start. Um, I'm going to look at the book so because I <laughs> I read half of this. Well, that's not half. I read a quarter. Fifth? Is that a fifth? Yeah, I'll say fifth. So this is a book. (laughs) There's there's a bookmark. There's a bookmark right here. He's read some. Um, It's uh, called Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera Mm -hmm. and um, the our Luann Dummer Center for Women about I guess last month did this book for their book circle discussion. Oh, cool. And um, and some students delivered me the book after (laughs) we have extras. I was like, yes. And so um, I read a, a lot of it. My favorite thing is that the blurb, Roxanne Gay's blurb on the on the front of it is fucking outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like a really, it's a really cool book so far. It's like, it's actually, you know, we were talking about before we started about um, uh, not traumatic books, you know, mm-hmm. books that are sort of, and so far, like this not is super. Not struggle fiction. Not struggle fiction. Yes, yeah. not struggle fiction. So far, this is not struggle fiction. Is it young um, adult? It's, it seems like it's kind of YA, um, yeah. but it's okay. got, you know, like a queer a Latinx woman, you know, cool. at this, who's the main character, hmm. and it, it she's going out to, like, meet her um, her new mentor, who's, like, a women's studies professor or something oh, like that. So there's, like, a fun. whole bunch of academia kind of, like, digs <laughs> and jokes and things like that so far. So I don't know exactly where it's going. I'm sure there'll be, you know, some sort of uh, uh, struggles and challenges along the way. Um, but so far, I mean, I really like it, and it's kind of like, uh, it's a joyful book. Can you say the uh, name and author again? I don't know if... It's called Juliet Takes a Breath, and it's Gabby Rivera is the author. Cool. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. Crystal? I'm reading um, Kianga Yamada-Taylor's new work about um, real estate and racial capitalism. It's called Race for Profit, how banks and the real estate industry undermine black home ownership. Mm-hmm. And speaking of blurbs... 
um, Roxanne Gay, that was a really nice blurb on <laughs> <laughs> But this is what Michelle Alexander has to say about race for profit. She says, a horror story of mm-hmm. racial capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of thinking about home ownership, mm-hmm. you know, not being the route to the American dream for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm reading now. Thanks, Crystal. Um, so I am not yet reading, but it's on my bookshelf and it's so ready for me once we get through with this term. Praise be. Um, I am looking forward to reading Tressie McMillan Cotton's, um, Cotton, Cotton's book, Thick and Other Essays. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a really amazing set of essays. Um, she talks about beauty, media, money, etc. She's done other work on um, higher ed and um, capitalism, in fact, kind of looking at... Um, for-profit colleges and the damage they do to communities. So, but this is a more personal collection. And speaking of blurbs, she's been blurbed by both Roxanne Gay oh. and Kianga Yamada Taylor. Oh. So Roxanne, colliding. I know Roxanne Gay says it's a transgressive, provocative, and brilliant collection. Oh. And Kianga Yamada Taylor says these essays show us the potency of actually existing Black feminist analysis. And expose the deep structures of racism and inequality. Oh. Biting humor, razor sharp political clarity. I want to read that book too. And actually, I read the introduction, but it's like it's like it's like what I want to do when I grow up. Oh. You know, the kind like of it's the kind of writing I want to do. Yeah, when I grow up. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, cool. yeah she's stuff. amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm gonna stick with the young adult novel theme because I just started a book called Dreamland Burning by mm. Jennifer Latham, which deals with two storylines. One about, I think she's biracial, a biracial teenager living in present-day Tulsa, Oklahoma, who finds a body buried in her backyard. And then the second storyline is about Wait. also a biracial. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, how long has the body been there? Like, a lot. Well, this is part of... Oh. Hold on. Oh. Don't interrupt. We're not spoiling the books we're not talking about. <laughs> well, you find this out, like, in the first two chapters. Okay, okay. And then, of oh, that she finds a body. Like, that's what, that's how it starts. And then the second storyline is also a biracial, who I read as white initially, but also as biracial because his mom is um, indigenous back in uh, 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when mm-hmm. the Tulsa race riots occurred, mm-hmm. right? That basically saw white Americans destroy a prosperous black community, which was known as the Black Wall Street, um, and then covered up for decades. So I'm assuming that there's, am I only like, you shouldn't you call know, it a, it, like, so. I would call it a massacre, not a think, race okay. riot. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair. Um, and it just so happened that I picked up this book at the same time that the new HBO series, The yes, Watchmen, that's started, right. I was gonna uh, mention. which starts with the 1921. Have you guys seen uh, the first episode? Yeah, I've seen both. And I, yeah, I'm sort of. There's some things? Yeah, I, there's I, some I things. I've seen this. HBO. And so. Okay. Um, yeah. She's jacking it. We'll be I'm offline sure. uh, commentary <laughs> about that. So anyway, um, it's really interesting. And I'm sort of curious to see how, like, the two storylines will come uh-huh. together and, like, what's happening. But also, um, it's, I mean, it's stuff, like, yeah, like, I don't know that I know a ton about it, but I also feel like it's something that I want to read and, like, learn more about. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, but, yeah, I think so far it's good. Well, I'm also, like, a fifth into the book. <laughs> I'm not half into it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, can I say one thing? I know you're getting ready. To <laughs> yes, Todd. <laughs> but you have to say this. I totally forgot to say it at the yes. beginning. So uh, we read American Born Chinese because my best friend's oh, daughter, right. Oh, right. Uh, Matt Huntley, my best friend, one of my best friends, but, uh, you know, one of my best friends. Anyway, his daughter 
He's the only one who listens to the show of these friends, so it doesn't matter. Um, his my best friend's daughter, Mikkel Huntley, suggested that we read this yeah. book and sent me a copy Aww, of this book. Thank you. And um, so she's uh, currently a student at um, I think it's called Missouri State University. Cool. They changed the name of it. Well, it used to thank be you, Mikkel. Yeah. So thanks, Mikkel. Yeah. We really yeah. enjoyed it. And if there's anybody else listening to it, feel free to send us some yeah. suggestions. Somebody follow in Mikkel's footsteps exactly. and send us some free books. You, well, you oh, don't yeah, even need too. to send us just books. Tell us you know? Just tell us. Just give sure? us a yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should send us books. We need to send her something. All right. Oh, maybe I'll so, take, we'll take her again. <laughs> we'll be a link to the podcast. That's right. That's we'll right. be out very soon with our next episode on Colson Whitehead's The Nickel Boys. And after that, we're going to be talking about Tony Morrison Sula. So as always, thank you for listening. And we find us on all the usual all the platforms. Yes. All right. Everywhere. Thanks, y'all. Bye. 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 You've been listening to another brand new episode of The Drip, recorded at my house in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota, where once again, the weather is trending toward winter. Sad. The Drip is written, produced, and directed by the All Spoilers Collective, which is Anita, Adriana, Crystal, and me. Our mascot in absentia is Bash the Dog. Our music is by the genius Lord Jordan X of Kansas City, Missouri. We'll have a new episode out in a couple of weeks in which we will discuss Colson Whitehead's amazing new novel, The Nickel Boys. So until then, take it easy. Take it easy.